the planet. The event benefits Berkeley Earth Day. Volunteers needed. Call 510-654-6346 or visit www.hesternet.net. It's 94.1 FM KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 FM KPFB in Berkeley, and 88.1 FM KFCF in Fresno, and online, www.kpfa.org. It's 3 p.m. Up next, cover to cover, open book. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Book, Friday's edition of Cover to Cover. This afternoon, we bring you a documentary, Homeboy to Hollywood, produced by Robin Urovic, which chronicles the struggle of ex-gang member Manny Jimenez and friends to build a talent management company in Hollywood. The company, Suspect Entertainment, recruits and trains ex-gang members to work as actors and extras. With a foot in both the mainstream and gang subculture, the men of suspect entertainment speak at group homes and probation camps, offering hope to kids in trouble. Stay with us as we bring you Homeboy to Hollywood. Gangsters and bad guys play a huge part in Hollywood movies. Now some real-life ex-gangsters have muscled a piece of the action. Suspect Entertainment supplies the industry with actors who know more about cops and robbers than the competition. Whatever you're doing is a big hustle, getting your game on, but we're just doing it in Hollywood now. And um, there's a bigger reward now, and it's a better feeling. I'm Robin Yurovich. In the next half hour, you'll hear how ex-gang member Manny Jimenez took his street savvy and a bunch of other ex-gangsters to Hollywood to build his own fledgling entertainment company. Seven years ago, Suspect Entertainment CEO Manny Jimenez, now 32, had just quit gangbanging. His rap sheet was longer than his resume. Still, he'd managed to find a 9-to-5 at Toys R Us, and he'd given up crime. Everything was cool. I started feeling better about myself, but it still came to a point where, like, what do you want to do the rest of your life? That wasn't what I wanted to do, you know? As a kid, Manny had dreamed of the movie business. But when it came to career advice, he was pretty much on his own. No one ever not once told me, you know, you could be a, a producer, a writer, actor. You could go to Hollywood. Like, hey, how come you don't go to Hollywood? You know what? Ever told me that. I was so insecure, like I said before, because I'm short, I'm a Mexican, I'm a gangster. I just was like, I ain't got a chance, you know what I mean? Most people he knew either gangbanged or worked dead-end jobs. So he found role models on TV, especially the celebrity chat shows. Those are three interviews that I remember clearly that really caught my interest is that one was um, Robert Duvall worked at the post office and he had a great job, great pay, everything, but he just said it wasn't what he wanted to do the rest of his life. He had to go after his dream and I, well, that's how I feel. And then Will Smith said something interesting that when he was young that his dad um, told him, hey son, we're going to build the brick wall. I think it was in front of their house or in front of a company that had a business. They went out every day and laid out the bricks. Finally, the wall was built and he went out there with his son and he told him, you see that son? Don't ever say you can't. 
And then Will Smith said, at that point, he said, man, I know I could do whatever I want. So it was weird at the time where I was at, when I was done with the gang life, I just felt like, man, I, I never had someone tell me stuff like that. And so those were the interviews were giving me like the little signs, like, man, I gotta go to, the, to try this movie thing, you know? But Manny says he was still hesitant. And then one night, Quentin Tarantino was on. He had mentioned he'd been in jail for a ticket or something, and Jay Leno said, hey, that didn't hurt you in Hollywood. He's like, nah. You know, you could have the biggest rap sheet. Hollywood doesn't care. For Manny, what Tarantino said was like a lightning bolt. So I had to tell my girl, I go, man, you got to drive me to Hollywood. You know, I'm going to be in the movie business. They all thought I was nuts, you know. It was pretty crazy. Manny trolled the city for film shoots and offered to work for free. Finally, someone steered him to a casting agency for extras. He called in every day, and for months he was told he just wasn't right for the parts. So finally one is like, we need all ages, all races, all sizes, all shapes. I was like, that's me. Perfect. It was Deep Impact, the 1998 disaster movie with Morgan Freeman. Last summer, two comets were discovered that are on a collision course with Earth. Oh, my God. I was like, man, this is cool. I'm going to do it forever. Pretty soon, Manny was doing extra work in films and music videos. But he also put his street hustler skills to work, hooking up homeboys with Hollywood producers. I just felt like I needed to spread the word, like, it's a billion-dollar industry. It's enough for everybody. I mean, I, I was kind of like, man, I wish I would have knew about this before. It would have, you know, maybe straightened me out or kept me down a better path, you know? So I started hearing about auditions, and the casting people, like, on those hotlines would be like, oh, we're looking for gangbangers and lowriders. And they just call me. I get, like, 10, 20 people or whatever. Casting director Michael Sanford hired Manny and his guys for a McDonald's and Burger King ads. They wanted very real-looking street urban type kids um and we we went for the real deal authenticity is a great thing directors love that producers began coming around for advice on all things gangster the best spot for an on-screen drive-by wardrobe and dialogue advice or how to get a real lowrider car it's like in any job and on the street if you do a good job if you do the right thing i mean you know the rep the word's gonna spread that hey this guy's all right you know what i mean i could work with them He's a good fella. He's one of us. No, <laughs> no but, he, you know, he's going to spread. It's going to the word is going to spread that hey, these guys are cool. They're safe to be around, but they could play. They could be mean as hell on camera. You know what I mean? And pretty soon, Manny was in business. Suspect Entertainment. Mask is calling. Elroy. Uh, At the company's tiny office, Margarita Reyes, Manny and a rotating crew of struggling actors all pitch in to handle casting calls and queries from would-be actors. Elroy from Antelope Valley needs to holler at you. Hello. Is this Big Papa from Palmdale? What up? No, I'm going to have you come in when I get some downtime during the week. Try next week or the week after and just go over all the rules and everything and, you know, just get you moving again. Dozens of ex-gangsters have called Suspect for a shot at a new life. More often than you might think, one of them becomes a working actor. Satisfied? Now get the hell out. Look, I'm a doctor. I just need to give the baby a shot. Hey, tell her to get out of here. It's between her and me, all right? 
In this episode of Lifetime Strong Medicine, suspect Cesar Garcia as a drug dealing thug pulls a knife on the show's heroes. Put it down. Who's this? Put it down now. Listen to me, Joey. She, she's for real a doctor. Yeah? She don't act like a doctor. Who's this? No, she doesn't look like a doctor, but she is, all right? I, I never thought about being in, in Hollywood. I, I always seen people on TV and all these rich, rich and famous people. I never thought that that I could be one of those people or anyone from my neighborhood could ever be one of those people. I felt like those were people from another planet almost. Caesar says Manny recruited him right off the street. Manny was in the neighborhood working on a music video. He seen me and he just uh, he just confronted me and said, hey, you know what, uh, you have a good look. You know, you ever thought about acting or whatever? And I was like, no. So he gave me his card. He said, I have a company that is going to specialize in putting people like me on television, movies, whatever. Caesar is lean and wiry with an intense look and a web of tattoos up and down his arms. He's one of about two dozen actors, both men and women, that suspect manages for speaking roles. And uh, Caesar is going to play little Rob's brother. Gets to do some crimes, very critical to the story. On this day, Caesar is in an old rec center turned loft for a meeting with first-time film director Stephen Stickler. Uh, we shoot um, in eight days, I think so. Or nine days. So uh, it's, it's on now. Caesar co-stars in Stickler's short film set in 1980s L.A. gang territory. Suspect is one of the film's producers. They are providing the talents and all kinds of other resources. Very invaluable. Among those resources, Caesar's clothing collection. I basically brought the gangster gear. The Charlie Brown Cascade shirts and also some jerseys, you know, that's always part of the, the whole gangster culture. So where did you get those from? I used to wear this stuff. This is all my old stuff. I've been dressing, I was dressing um, in, in this gangster stuff since I was like probably 11 years old. I spent most of my juvenile life behind bars, you know. My, my goals in life was, to, was to, go to, um, to go to, you know, Pelican Bay, you know what I mean? San Quentin. You know, that was what I looked forward to. Before I was even a teen, I always looked forward to someday being this big guy in a prison yard, you know, calling shots or being part of some kind of uh, power there, you know. It's like this whole fantasy that you have in your head. You just, you think it's like the most wonderful thing. It's weird. When he was in his late 20s, Caesar says, reality hit. It was either die on the street or go to jail for life. And um, I, I, it just came to the point where I was like, I was like, damn, the way I felt, you know, I don't think I feel that way no more. I don't think I want to be in jail for the rest of my life. I don't think, you know, I don't think I want to die. I want to live. In his mid-20s, Manny also began to see the streets as a dead end. But he almost lost his chance at a different kind of life in a close brush with prison. Luckily, he'd made friends with criminal defense attorney Shirley McDonald. She also counsels neighborhood kids. I think that he was looking for a way out. And it was shortly after that, I believe. I was arrested for a crime I didn't do. I believed him when he said he didn't have anything to do with it. But I'm just very realistic. And that, and that I was realistic with Manuel at the beginning and just said, Manny, this looks looks bad for you because he's picked you out of a photo lineup. And Shirley comes out and says, it's going to take a miracle for you to win this. I mean, the, the witness saying it's me. I mean, so I'm through, you know. I can't recall exactly, but probably it was a maximum sentence of at least 12, 15 years. 
So I'm like praying, God, please, I swear, I, I swear, the prayers of our prayers, God, please, I swear, I will never, I'll stop criminal activity, I'll stop gang banging. And when the victim was testifying, he looked at Manny and he looked at the picture and he said, no, 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 you know, the man that came in my house or the kid that came in my house is not him who sits here today. I, I guess that case, what it did for me is it just gave me the, the, the strength and courage to just say, you know what, I'm done with this life. In the seven years since he left that courtroom, suspect actors have appeared in films like Collateral, SWAT, and Charlie's Angels 2. TV shows like The Shield and 24, and countless music videos and commercials. Every couple of weeks, Manny and the suspect actors take their celebrity and their tough guy personas to visit kids in trouble at schools and probation camps. To me, it's the biggest joy because, you know what, I lost my brother. I've lost a lot of people to, to the life. I lost my brother due to drugs. My brother was 19 years old, died, you know what I mean? I mean, it's like, you know, I had, I had his dead body in my hands. I mean, there was nothing I could do. So I, I get a real joy and relief out of going and talking to some young kids that, that will you know, thinking that hopefully one of them out of, let's say, 10, if, if even one out of even 20, if even one person, I could change their mind about doing whatever they're doing. All right, guys, I'm going to show you right now. We're Caesar is not along on this trip, but six other guys have traveled to a group home on the outskirts of L.A. to meet 14 to 18-year-olds on probation. Here's actor Frank Alvarez warming up the crowd. For, for everything bad you do, there's something good you can do with it. If you're good at stealing cars, fix them or something. You know what I mean? Be repo man. Well, you know what I'm saying? Hey. For everything bad you for everything bad you do, there's always something good you can do with it. Manny tells them that sometimes the line between real life and Hollywood blurs. Who's come up to us and pull out guns? Where are you bottles from, eh? And we're going to like an audition or something, dressed all gangster, right? I mean, I, we're actors, bro. We don't do that. I try to get the card. Some guys rip the card, and someone like, oh, okay, I want to be an actor. You know what I mean? So then Mike Monzo steps up to tell his story. I started looking up to gang members when I was about 12 years old. I remember uh, when I was 12, 1988, I saw this TV show, and I was like, man, I want to be on that TV show. And the name of this TV show was called America's Most Wanted. So that's just a little kind of clue like if you're 12 you're 12 years old and you already think you want to be on the show called America's Most Wanted profiled as a criminal something's wrong with your mind so I started from there a couple of years later I got into a gang I thought oh man I'm bad and this and that I felt like I had real friends the drugs parties alcohol girls and it, I loved it you know, I loved the attention I got from the homies from the girls from the cops from my community but after about 10 years just going being shot at, shot, going to hospitals, jails, all that, I opened my eyes and I said, man, this life isn't for me. It's at about this point that Jesse Acosta breaks in. Mike's dream to be on America's Most Wanted came yeah, true because yeah. a few weeks ago he was on America's Most yes, Wanted, a reenactment. An actor. An actor. <laughs> you know, now I get, I get the chance to, to work with you know, all these famous stars, meet rappers, movie stars, and I trip out because I never thought I was going to be from the streets to this. 
Manny finishes up by telling the kids that he left the gang life, but he didn't leave his friends behind. When I left, I told them straight out, if you guys get stranded on the freeway, your car breaks down, I'll help you. If you need a ride to buy diapers for your kids, I'll help you. Don't call me, because someone crossed up the neighborhood. Don't call me, because the homie got shot. Hey, homies, I'm still there for my homies, but in another way, you know what I mean? You need to call us, get at us, we'll come by, whatever, you know what I mean? The guys pass out business cards and mingle with the kids a little. Then it's back to work. Manny's cell phone is beeping. Oh, okay. There's good news. Some of the suspects have scored parts okay. in a T-Mobile commercial. Book the job. Okay, so we'll just call everybody, cancel the callbacks. Yeah. The SAGs are booked. So he said everybody's booked as an upgradable, upgradable extra, she said. So we got bad news to tell some people, and then we got good news to tell the people that are safe. Manny, Frank, and Mike handle the calls right there in Manny's car. The, the callbacks got canceled. You booked the job. <laughs> These jobs pay about $300 a day plus royalties. Union scale for speaking roles is about 650 Manny, as talent manager, gets 10%. And he says that gets plowed back into the business. Hey, Chris, it's Mike. Um, they canceled the callbacks. Mike Monso also works in the suspect office. He fields calls and does a little team building for the company's actors. One of the things I just did the other day, I called up all the suspects and asked them for their birthdays. Just to kind of make everybody feel a little bit closer, you know, call them up on their birthday, say happy birthday. And I was laughing about it because back then I used to do that with all my homeboys. And I used to, you know, do pass out phone lists. And this is what I do now in the office. So it's like, it's like, wow, I was using all that energy on something negative. Now I'm using it, the same things, but for something good, you know. <laughs> Look at Manny knows where Mike is coming from. It feels like that whole same camaraderie. You know that whole feeling like when you first get in the gang, it's there all over again, but without the negativity. So we're getting to do all that brotherly love and, and being there for each other and laughing and joking and just kind of hanging out, but without the violence. And, and the only violence is on, on screen now, you know, and on the movies. Suspect has come a long way, but in Manny's view, there's a lot more ground to cover. He wants the Suspect crew to make its own movies about the kind of people they grew up with. I've lived it for reals seen everything you could think of so i know for sure that there's not a no movie or tv show that just really hit it right perfect like oh man that's real you're going in straight in the callback but for now back at the suspect yeah, office no it's all about climbing the ladder rung by rung um she didn't say but i'm assuming they, they liked you whatever you did last time so pete vasquez stops by to debrief he's just auditioned for a bad guy part in a cop movie i figure out this is a fool this is a scarface dude you know Half English, half Spanish, and he's a fool. So handle it like that. Vasquez gives his age at 40 plus. He's a former gang member and a veteran actor in L.A. gang classics like Taylor Hackford's Blood In, Blood Out and Colors, directed by Dennis Hopper. Roles for Latino actors are still rare, he says. And when they've come along in films like Con Air and Traffic, he never got in to read for them. But he says that's changing now that Manny's representing him. He walks through the doors of discrimination in Hollywood like I've never seen anybody. And I've been in it for a while. I don't know what happened, but people say, dude, come in. And he takes us with him. We're about helping each other come up. 
Vasquez did get a role in the film he auditioned for, Dirty with Cuba Gooding Jr. A couple of other suspect guys are in it too, but Manny says he had to dog the casting director to get them in the door. I go, just give, please, go, please give these guys a chance. Just read them. I guarantee you'll like somebody. I go, just please do me that favor. And she did, you know. And then the next day she called again for two more guys and I said, please see four more guys, you know. You got to go really take a crowbar and smash the door down, you know what I mean, in Hollywood. It's crazy. If you don't do that, you ain't going to get seen. Manny says many of his actors have the chops to play bigger roles and they're trying for them. But often they've taken a back seat to more established players. Here's an example. Suspect was tapped to help on the 2001 Denzel Washington film, Training Day. The guys coached Cliff Curtis, an actor from New Zealand, to play a shot caller in a Latino gang. And, you know, he don't know nothing about that life. So we, we sat him down, told him how he should talk and walk and move and say his dialogue. And he did a great job, you know. It was a good experience, Manny says. But he wants suspect actors to snag those roles. If they're trying to use us to make their movie authentic, they're just going to keep calling us for that and we're never going to get nowhere. You know what I mean? They're going to be capitalizing about our lifestyle, but we, we're the ones that lived it and risked it, you know what I mean? It's like, that's our college, so why shouldn't we capitalize off it, if anything, you know? Manny dreams of a Scorsese-De Niro-like partnership among the suspect actors. Suspect would do serious films, he says, about why kids get into gangs. And comedy, too, with scenes from real life, like the time Manny and Frank Alvarez met on the set of the late 1990s gangster film, The Fast and the Furious, and realized that it wasn't for the first time. Frank had also just come to Hollywood to change his life when he walked into what looked like a room full of rival gangsters. So I walk in the trailer, and there's like at least 20 dudes in there. I'm just like, oh, my God, that's it. I'm through, you know, I'm, I just... Where I'm from, and we're, you know, they're probably gonna, we're not gonna get along, and I'm from over here, and I know they're gonna be from somewhere else. Them tattoos on the head and everything, so Manny start talking to me first, right? That's just weird, huh? And he goes, "Don't take it wrong, but one time we were jumping one of your homeboys, oh, yeah, you and he took a gun out from his shoe." And I'm like, "Is that right?" And I go, "That was me." <laughs> and then we kind of laughed about it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. It was cool, you know." We kind of we just shook hands, and like, "Hey, it's cool, you know. Nothing happened. Then we were cool for the rest of the time." Someday that scene just might be part of a feature film. Because a few months ago, Manny took a step toward realizing his dream, albeit a financially risky one. For now, he's bowed out of the business of supplying extras for movies and TV. And he'll only consult on a project if his actors play substantial parts. You just have to put your foot down at one point and, you know, you could get comfortable doing that, you know. But for me, it was just like, man, like, no one, I didn't feel like I was really progressing in my career so i was like i don't care i'm just gonna stop now that's it i do something else manny set to work writing a screenplay based on his life so far in hollywood he dropped out of school in ninth grade and he hasn't had a lot of practice writing but he's got stories and he could envision them on film scene by scene so he banged them out sitting at the computer late at night and sent the final product called hollywood's most wanted to a professional screenwriter to polish He's sure that putting some of his work on hold to write will pay off eventually, but it's been tough. One time I was like really, really, really bummed out, like money was a little tight, and I was like, man, I just... So Manny says he popped in a DVD, Pulp Fiction, clicked over to special features, 
And the first thing he heard about Tarantino before he made it big? Quinn was broke. He goes, he was so broke, like, broke, broke, sleeping on couches and have a car. So I was like, that made me feel good. It made me just like, okay, cool, you know, this takes time, just, it's a reality check. And Manny imagines suspect actors playing the leads in his film, and he's got his eye on the likes of Danny DeVito and Jack Nicholson to play some of the Hollywood heavyweights he's met over the years. But at UCLA's film school, Professor Jose Luis Valenzuela says he sees a lot of aspiring directors and producers who are locked in a catch-22. You need a big star and a pile of money to make a major film. And it's tough to get either one if you're an unknown quantity. It's especially hard for Latino-themed films because Valenzuela says there's exactly one Latina actor, Jennifer Lopez, who can carry a major film. There are great stories to be told, but they're only going to be told when you get four or five movie stars who are going to be, you know, ready to make these films, who they think won't destroy their career. Understanding that if you make a movie that costs $20 million, has to open at least to $60 million on the box office. And in order to get $60 million, you have to have a huge movie star who will open the film. You know, people don't make, don't do the math. Casting director Mimi Webb Miller says it's impossible to predict what will happen with Manny's current script. But she says she's worked with Suspect for the past five years, and she wouldn't rule out a hit at some point. There was something in those kids in the beginning, before they ever got involved in these past lives with gangs and stuff, that showed a great deal of ambition and, and verve in trying to make it out there. Consider, she says, that Manny and his crew built Suspect from scratch as total outsiders in one of the most competitive industries in the world. They were savvy enough instinctually to get in with good people. They met good people who helped them because they were good people and they were serious. I also have to say they're good and savvy businessmen and they're incredibly generous. Manny's got something else, too, says commercial director Baker Smith, who worked with Suspect on Fox Sports ads and public service spots. There's, a, there's an old-fashioned sense of him. He's, he's kind of what they call a stand-up guy. That's such a cliche word, but, I mean, he comes, he looks in the eye, he shakes his hand, and, and he's very earnest, and he's very real, and I think you sense that. It's not a show. It's not some sort of um, uh, put-on. It's, 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 he's just real, and I think that... Um, people respond to that because there is particularly in this culture now there's so much that is not real it's a it's a handshake and it's a it's a person there that you're talking to not a gimmick and i think that uh i think anybody's attracted to that you know hey, yo, Ma, how you doing it's your son now and i picked up the mic and put the drugs down now i'm trying to do some things that make you proud instead every time i call it's the one evening, Manny, Frank Alvarez, Cesar Garcia, and a couple of other guys are gathered outside a local diner. The screenwriter's revision of Manny's script is at the copy shop, and they're waiting to see it. None of them is willing to believe that making their own movie is out of reach. They start talking about all the people who told them they'd never have a chance in Hollywood. Here's Frank Alvarez. And I think it's a little bit of jealousy because we are following our dreams. And we're not just saying, you know, wow, I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to be an actor. We're actually doing it. And chasing your dream is, is, is a big step because it's a gamble. But I think we're doing okay for, for you know, us being a new company. And all, all, the, all the chips were stacked against us. And I think we're, we're actually making some headway. If Manny's script is the vehicle that bumps up their careers, 
that's great. But if not, Frank Alvarez says, they'll wait for the next opportunity, whenever it comes. How much of a dream is it really if you're going to give it a timeline? You know what I mean? How, is that how bad you want it? Only You can only give your, your life's dream six months. If it's worth doing it, you're going to do it till the wheels fall off. You know what I mean? And maybe Quentin Tarantino's inspiration will work for Manny as he shops his screenplay. Just as it did seven years ago when Tarantino's Tonight Show interview pushed Manny to try his luck in Hollywood. Meantime, he says he'll depend on the edge he has over most everyone else in the industry. All the stuff that you need to survive in the gang life, you just use all that same tools to survive in, in a career. According to Manny, that's keeping your word, watching your back, and knowing who to trust. But there's something else. What gives me the most confidence is like I made it through the gang stuff, I made it this far. After I survived that stuff, you know, and I was just like, oh, I could do anything. Scan the marquees for Hollywood's Most Wanted. Meantime, look for suspect actors in the upcoming Dirty with Cuba Gooding Jr. And the 2006 release, Harsh Times. I'm Robin Yurovich, writer and producer. Thanks to Ernest Savage for editing, scoring, and sound engineering. Thanks also to editor Peggy Mears, engineer David Borelli, and Yolanda Cruz and Rafael Velasquez for production help. This was a production of California Audio Arts, funded by the California Council for the Humanities. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Homeboy to Hollywood, produced by Robin Yurvik on this edition of Cover to Cover Open Book that comes to you every Friday at 3 p.m. If you have any questions or comments on what you hear on Cover to Cover Open Book, you can call us at 510-848-6767, extension 212, or email me, Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A, at kpfa.org. With Erica Bridgman at the controls, I'm Amelia Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. The Larkspur Cafe Theater presents a world premiere concert with John Trudell and Bad Dog. Acclaimed Native American poet John Trudell offers a special preview of his new double CD, The Madness in the